This is HPR episode 2173 entitled Driving a Blinked. As an EOT device, it is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 39 minutes long. The summary is, I have a Raspberry Pi Zero with a Blinked. 8 LED array I'm setting up as a notification device. This episode of HPR is brought to you by anhonesthost.com. Get 15% discount on all shared hosting with the offer code HPR15. That's HPR15. Better web hosting that's honest and fair at anhonesthost.com. Hi everyone, this is Dave Morris. I've got a a project I want to tell you about. It's a slightly rambly project. (laughs) It's probably the best way to put it. Because I've been messing around with it for a month or two now. And uh, I thought I'd better capture what I've done so far. Otherwise it's going to just fiddle around with it. I'm going to fiddle around with it forever. And uh, never get around to say anything. So it's based around a Raspberry Pi Zero. And I bought one of these when they first came out in December 2015. And it wasn't easy to get them because they were very scarce, but I managed to get one. I also bought a case at the same time. I like to buy quite a lot of my pie stuff from the Pimeroni company. That's how they pronounce it, not Pimeroni, Pimeroni, I do believe. I got some 40-pin headers because there's nothing on the Pi Zero by default so you have to solder it yourself so i got this didn't really have tremendous number of ideas what to do with it and i um decided to grab a device which came out a bit later called the blinked i don't like the name actually (laughs) it's b-l-i-n-k-t exclamation mark it's a very strange thing to say but anyway it's a device which you plug onto the gpio pins it's got eight RGB LEDs on it, and which are quite powerful, quite bright, and it costs £5, which is just a little more than the Zero itself. So the plan was to turn them into some sort of status indicator so I could be alerted to things that needed my attention. Eight things, anyway. <laughs> so I've called this talk, this episode, Driving a Blinked as an IoT Device. So I'm going to come on to the IoT, which is Internet of Things. It's not really Internet of Things I'm doing. It's more Intranet of Thing. But because um, there only, there's only, was only one thing, and it's not. And it's just on my local network. But anyway, enough of that. So let's talk about the setup of the Pi, first of all. So I wanted to take the Pi, because it's really, really tiny, the, uh, the Pi Zero, I'm sure you know. I've got a photo in here of it anyway, if you're not quite clear what it looks like. And um, I wanted to put the, the Zero into some device where 
I could have lights coming up and put labels alongside them to say what they meant and I could uh, easily determine how important things were and that type of thing. So what I did was I was in Ikea and I noticed they have a, a series of picture frames which in the range called Ribba, I assume you say you say them anyway r-i-double-b-a i've linked to it in the notes i thought i'd use that because it's quite deep or deep enough it's i've given the dimensions it's 12.5 centimeters by 17.4 and it's 3.4 centimeters deep and it's got an internal size of 10 by 15 centimeters it has a silvered finish the one i picked up which is not the most lovely thing it's a bit garish but whatever it's got glass in it and then behind that there's a piece of hardboard uh, I realise that hardboard is a UK term. It's high-density um, fibreboard, I think it's, it's called in the USA. It's the sort of thing you use for um, the backings of photos and that type of stuff. And it also got a fixture for hanging it and thing for standing it, which I took off pretty quickly. So what I wanted to do was to mount the Zero behind the hardboard. I drill holes in it so that the blink lights would shine through it and I wanted the zero in its case to be held on on the back of it. I kept wondering what was the best way of doing this. I had ideas of using a big chunk of MDF the right size and scooping out a hollow into it to put the, the pie but I don't have the tools to do that really. There's no way I wanted to be chiseling away at MDF. It's horrible material to use. So I went with this. Now the Pimeroni case that I've got is the early model and the way they built this was to it's pretty much the same size as the Pi Zero and the bolts that hold it together go through the board and as a consequence the bolts that you you um, get with it are size M 2.5 which is quite an unusual size I find I don't see it very often certainly not in the big box hardware stores around here their later case is slightly bigger and the bolts go through out the, outside the, the periphery of the case outside the periphery of the board I mean and they've used M3 bolts which are far more easily obtained anyway I managed to find a source of M2.5 20mm nylon bolts to do this job with the help of Pimeroni I should say they I was I asked them questions about what sizes these were and they and said I've had difficulty finding anything and they pointed out somebody selling them on eBay which I then went and bought so they're amazingly helpful people so what I did was I made a design in Inkscape which I could use first of all as a template for drilling the holes in this board and then I could use the same thing or a similar thing a fresh piece of paper not the one with the holes drilled in it and I could put labels on it and the fact that it'd be a sheet of paper over the holes in the hardboard would mean that it would act as a diffuser making it slightly less bright which I thought was a good idea actually and also would hide the horrible holes I drilled in this hardboard because it's not nice material to work with and obviously it's got room for the, the bits of text and so on. Now I found that getting everything in the right position in the template under Inkscape was quite difficult because I'm a bit of a newbie with Inkscape but I've certainly learned a lot along the way. I've shared the SVG file with this show if in case you want to mess around with it or look at it or anything. Probably not relevant to you unless you've got all the same components that I have but whatever. So I've 
got some pictures here of what I came up with. The first one is of the the pie itself in its case. It's not got all the bolts in because I I'd taken it out of the the um, frame to to do this picture. It's on and one of the LEDs is on. Number six is uh, on and the camera had some difficulties with that. Got a little bit upset as to how bright it was. I've shown the pie fixed to the back of the hardboard, which has got a glossy black background to it and you'll see you might be able to see from there that the the blinked leds are just held pressed against the the holes so they're pretty well lined up not perfectly but they're not bad there's another picture of it um from uh, from a better angle you can see the back of the hardboard looks pretty scabby because i ripped off the uh, the hanging attachments but you can see the, the pie and it's bolted through now to the left of the pie there's a couple of bits of hardwood which I cut off the stand bit that I'd ripped off and I needed them because the whole face of the pie is not level because it's uh, it's level across the case and then the blinked sits on top effectively of the case over the GPIO so I put these in as shims to to level it all out and that took a little bit of fiddling around since I took this picture I actually drilled holes in the in the shims so I could line them up with the bolts there's a picture of the front face of this hardboard looking messy i stuck the template on it and then couldn't get it off again so you can see there's bits of template all over it but um it doesn't matter because it's going to be covered up and then there's a picture of the the whole stuff in the picture frame i made a little wire um holding doodad i didn't want to use the little tabs that came as part of the frame because they're so fiddly to open and close so my, my little bit of wire a little bit longer than the width of the case holds it in effectively enough i drilled a hole through the case to do this and drilling through this stuff is a nightmare because it's it's mdf and it, it just uh, it's really hard to get clean holes through it and uh, you see the bit of duct tape stuck over the the tattiness of the hole and i would not have put the hole there if i'd realized the way i was going to do it but anyway whatever Next one will be not much nicer if there's ever a next one. Finally, then, in the pictures, there's a, there's a picture with, uh, showing the front of this thing with all its legends and stuff and a wonderful reflection of the camera taking it because the light wasn't perfect when I did this. Anyway, enough of that. That was the setup of the, the device. So, oh, I didn't say that the Pi has a wireless dongle in it, so all it needs is a power lead. So this blinked device is um, quite well documented on the Pimeroni site. There's loads of hints and tips on how to use it, and uh, there's a lot of test Python code which you can get from there uh, from, by following links on their site, and they, they point to their GitHub repository where all the code is. So that's pretty good. You can mess around it. I'm not much of a Python uh, user. I, do, I must admit to being a little bit unenthusiastic about Python because it just, with my background in programming, such as it, as it is, Python doesn't feel right to me with all this indentation nonsense. But this is just a sort of fixed dance that I've my my brain has wanted to take. So I'm really trying to stop myself doing this. So Python's the way to go, I think, with this. So while I was preparing these notes, I remembered that I had been a bit bothered about the way the the pie with Raspbian is set up 
with regard to security. As you you um, configure up your SD card and um, and so on and so forth, you end up with a username of Pi Pi, and it has the default uh, password of Raspberry. Well, that's all fine and wonderful, but there's a lot of stuff that assumes that you you've left this as it is, and the way this account is is uh, set up it's it can run sudo without a password so it's effectively a root account to all intents and purposes and the password is well known it's known by everybody who's ever touched a pie so this ain't secure to, to my mind as somebody who used to work in a university where we we were quite fussy about the security because we were being attacked by our students all the time then this really upsets me so what i normally do is i disable this account and um change its password or something i haven't actually deleted it in any instance because i'm not sure how many things actually rely on it but i make sure it's pretty well locked away and i also take it out of the etc sudoers file using uh, vi sudo to uh, to edit it and disable its sudo access then i create an account for myself which i normally call dave and um, i give it a much more complicated password managing them with keypassx is what I use for my password safe. Then I give it pseudo access, but I have I want a password to be provided, the account's password, obviously. So when you use the blinked, then the software assumes that um, in order to get access to the GPIO, to, to write to it and change the LEDs and stuff, you need to run as root. And this is because the device driver that runs the GPIO works through is it the PROC file system? I don't think it is, but it's a, all devices are mapped to, to pseudo files and directories in, uh, in Linux. And when you look at slash sys slash class slash GPIO, for example, the directory that, uh, that manages all this, you find that they're owned by user root and group GPIO. So I looked for ways in which I could use the GPIO without using sudo for everything because it just gets really messy or you take away all the security and let anybody do it, which I also find wrong. I didn't find a clear answer how to do this. I looked and looked and looked. Nobody seemed to have come up with a very simple and and, uh, easily implemented way of doing this, which is a bit surprising. When I was tackling a project with a Pi a while ago, I did a show on this, um, making a print server, CUPS print server, and scanner driver on a Pi. I remember I had to give uh, the account access to a particular group. I've forgotten what it was now, but it's in the documentation. So I thought I could probably do the same thing here. So I, I gave user Dave access to the GPIO group, which is done through the user mod command, user mod space hyphen capital G space GPIO in lowercase space, then the account name Dave. And when I'd done that, I found I could use the GPIO without any problems. Now, I wish this was more clearly documented. Maybe it's, it is now. It was a month or two that I look, ago that I looked at this. Maybe it's better now, and maybe it's coming, because I think that people are generally commenting on this. I've heard other people saying that this whole business of Pi and Raspberry is, is too um, insecure. Anyway, whatever. I think 
people should be made aware of this and the process of learning to use a Raspberry Pi should include some basic security practices and so on. People should understand the issues a little bit better than they do. I did note here in the in the long notes, and of course there's long notes here, which I usually forget to say, but you probably have worked that out for yourself. Uh, the user Pi, PI, also has GPIO membership, and I uh, demonstrated this by using the command id space pi, which returns all the, all the group UID, GID, and group membership of a given user. I pipe that into a command fold, which comes pre-installed on Raspbian, which is a thing which lets you wrap long lines. If I didn't do that, then this would all come out in one very long line, and the uh, markdown system I use here would get a bit upset about it. You wouldn't be able to read it. After that digression, let's talk about how, how I wanted to use this communications device, this notification device. So here it is sitting on a shelf. I'm sitting at my workstation here with my main desktop machine and it's an IKEA computer desk which has a sort of arch thing over the monitor. It's going to go actually. I'm going to chuck that and build something better. But uh, for the moment there's a sort of shelfy thing on which this picture frame exists and there's, you know, it's plugged into a, a nearby um, outlet. So how do I tell it to turn on a light was the question. So I know that there are scripts I can run on the Zero that will switch um, the LEDs on and often change colour and so forth. Uh, but I wanted to communicate with it from other machines. I didn't want to... I knew I could have written something where I wrote a, a something that listened on a port and took commands and did things. But I didn't really want to be writing my own remote control infrastructure. So I looked around to see what else was possible, knowing that there must be tons of stuff. First thing I came upon, having listened to a recent uh, episode of Changelog, Changelog podcast was a queuing system called Zero MQ. I've heard about that before. Looked at it and actually bought the the book because I can see possibilities for using it. But it seemed like overkill for this one. It's it's a it's a very sort of um, enterprise level tool and uh, quite complex. So I next looked at MQTT. Now MQTT I'd heard about at uh, OGCamp. 2012 there was a talk and this is um, a protocol which is being used in internet of things stuff i believe i don't know of any instances where it is but i'm told that that's the case there's a an implementation of the mqtt protocol in a system called mosquito two t's m-o-s-q-u-i-t-t-o there's links to all of this stuff in the notes I've soon found it was easy to install Mosquito server and clients on the Pi Zero, and it's just it was just an app get install Mosquito and Mosquito hyphen clients. So I got the server and clients. The server was already set up to run at boot time, and there's a service command I think which lets me mess around with it. I haven't done much messing with it. It just runs. The clients that I've got consist of the um, commands mosquito underscore sub and mosquito underscore pub. So let's talk about what MQTT does. The design is based around a so-called publish subscribe or pub sub 
model. This requires a message broker whose job it is to take messages from or receive messages from a publisher and pass them to a subscriber. It knows which messages to send where by filtering them and it bases its filtering on an attribute called the topic. So messages have topics. There are things that send them. Here's a message and it's got this topic. There are things, the subscribers that listen to them listen for them um, and they say I'm I'm here to to get messages with this particular topic there's nothing to stop you having publishers that publish stuff and there's nobody listening it'll just be thrown away so it's all quite simple and lightweight so a typical case might be a publisher you might have a temperature sensor an intelligent temperature sensor that uh, can send um, IP messages or you might have a doorbell which uh, when pressed, sends an IP message using this protocol. And uh, the subscriber might be something controlling the heating system, which is listening for temperature messages, uh, or you might have an audio or visual alert system receiving the doorbell messages and doing something with them. So that's, uh, that's a, you're probably aware of all this stuff. That's the sort of model that um, the Internet of Things is using. The only thing, though, is that in many cases the intermediary for all of this the the message transport level the, the the stuff that's doing the messaging is not local to you it's on the internet somewhere so you know if you've got a, a you've got a nest thermostat then it's talking to the nest servers as far as i'm aware and uh if you've got a was it philips hue light the ones that you can control over the internet then they're receiving commands from their their base on the internet. So the mosquito broker then is the server. It is an MQTT message broker, which is the um, the server I was talking about earlier on. And the commands mosquito pub and mosquito sub are examples of a publisher and a subscriber. Now at the Python level, there's a library called Paho MQTT, P-A-H-O hyphen MQTT, which you can you can use to write scripts. And I've given an example of how you could install it using pip, pip install paho mqtt, running under sudo. So in the Pimeroni examples, they provide an example script, which they call mqtt.py, which demonstrates the use of this library, which is pretty wonderful. So I took this and modified it to make a first version of of a listener, a subscriber script. I renamed it blinked underscore client dot py and there's a version of it available with these with this show if you want to look at it. It's 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 a temporary it's a sort of in development script, so don't take it as definitive in any way. You're welcome to do whatever you want with it. In a similar way to the Pimeroni thing I'm sure. Anyway, I modified it to connect to localhost because I'm running it on the Pi Zero and that's where the mosquito broker is running so it's a it's an it's a subscriber it's an mqtt subscriber and it's sitting there listening for messages i left the topic as it was in the the original script and it was pimeroni slash blinked i don't know what yeah there's a there's um there's a hierarchy of naming in the topic with it's a bit like a file path so pimeroni slash blinked and you can actually specify topics as pimeroni slash asterisk to get everything which is under the prefix pimeroni i think 
but I've not really delved into this much. You can read up more about this if you want to from the various uh, links that I've, I've put in the notes. The standard port that's used is 1883, and I've just continued with that for the moment. So this script runs in the background uh, on the Pi Zero, so I just simply added a cron tab entry which starts it up when the Pi is rebooted. And I don't know if you know, but in the cron tab file, there's an entry you can put which starts at sign reboot space and then the path to the script, which in my case is dollar home capitals in capital letters slash blink t underscore client dot py with an ampersand on the end so at reboot it will fire this thing up and just leave it running in the background forever so the script which is this adaptation as i said uses the same methods as the original pimeroni design and it expects messages which contain um, strings which have the form RGB, comma, and then a number for the pixel, then comma, then three numbers separated by commas, which represent the RGB color values, decimal numbers. So RGB, comma, one, comma, two, five, five, comma, zero, comma, two, five, five is, a, is specifying that you want LED number one, they start from zero, to have a red value of 255, which is full intensity red, a green value of zero, no green at all, and a blue value of 255. This is um, an 8-bit value in each case because it's actually a, a hex, a, a six-digit hex string is the other way of looking at it. So that will set it to that color combination. There's also a CLR message which will clear all the LEDs on the blinked. They've all still carried over the the algorithm which if the pixel value is an asterisk then all pixels are set to that particular color. I'm going to change this but uh, that's what it's doing at the moment. So I've got a mechanism then on the Pi Zero where I can tell it to switch on a, a light or switch off a light or whatever any of the LEDs can be turned on or off. So I then came up with the first publisher. What I've been doing before this was I've been running a, a pair of scripts on my desktop machine and uh, these help me with the process of moderating comments on the HPR website. I've taken that job on from Ken to uh, he's got enough on his plate and uh, so I just need to keep an eye out when a new comment comes in which I either go and look at the website to see is there anything new or I run this script so the original one was a, a bash script which uh, was run from cron every 15 minutes I call this cron job underscore comment well my cron called uh, scripts i start with cron job just to make it clear what they are it's included in the with this episode it runs a perl script which i called scrape underscore comments which goes to a particular page on the hpr website and detects if there are any new comments which require attention this this page is available to you i won't share the scrape comments script at the moment anyway but on this page, there's quite a lot of statistics. I've, I haven't actually noted what it is. I should maybe add this to the to the um, 
notes, but uh, on it there's a line that says comments requiring attention or something. It's followed by a number. So I simply look for that and pick up the number. So it runs this scrape script, the Perl script. If it finds anything, it returns, or whatever it does, it returns a number saying how many comments need attention. So it can be zero or any any other number. So if it's non-zero, then I simply in the bash script call mosquito underscore pub and I um, tell it that the topic is pimeroni slash blinked and the message is one of these RGB blah 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 things. So you see here it says, there's an example of it here, RGB comma dollar LED comma 255 comma 255 comma zero. So that set, that switches on the red and the green um, colours on the LED nominated by whatever the value of dollar LED is. So that sends a message. So this is running on the Pi Zero, did I say that? And it sends a message to the MQTT broker and causes that LED to show a yellowish colour. It's a yellowish because it's not very clear yellow. But then it's a combination of two LEDs. If there's nothing to do, then it does an equivalent mosquito pub command where it sets all the RGB values to zero and turns the pixel off. So that's what I have at the moment. That is a thing that running on the Pi Zero, it's looking at the website and it's setting LED1 actually to this yellow colour and that says there's work to be done. I go and do the work. It then looks again in 15 minutes and says, oh, there's nothing to do now. So it turns the light off again. So pretty simple, but it's um, it's fun. So what I want to do with the, the listener script so far is to smarten it up quite a lot. I'll probably change the interface, but have something quite similar because it's a nice idea. I like the way it's designed. I'd very much like to be able to blink one of these lights and uh, or may, uh, maybe just change colour briefly and then revert to the previous colour or to flash it on and off and so on. But there's quite a lot of issues around that that need some, need some further work. So I might do another show about this if I, once, I, once I've got that done. At the moment I've got something that works, so I'm happy about that. So how else am I using this notification system now that I've got it? I've got another mechanism where when a new HPR show appears, then I am alerted. And I've mentioned this before in the context of the blink stick. I'm all into indicator lights all over the place. Show number 1971, I talked about building the blink stick and what I'm using it for. So I've got a thing which, another cron job script that runs every 30 minutes, and it scrapes the the website, the main website that shows the queue and notices if there are any new shows being in the state of being processed. And uh, if there are, and that particular show number has not yet been processed locally, because this this thing also looks at what I've done um, as a consequence of noticing these things. It will it's, it turns the blink stick on red, but I added a added code to it to also switch on light zero on the blinked on the pi zero. And when I've uh, dealt with that particular thing, what I do is I, I grab the show notes from the shows and process them and turn them into HTML for 
for adding to the show. Um, once I've done that, then the code that's looking at this script notices that I've done the necessary work and turns the lights off, turns the blinked, blink stick and the blinked off. So that's the first thing I, I'm using. I'm going to phase out the blink stick in this context, I think, and uh, use the the uh, nice notification thingy instead. So I've recently added a mail notification thing to it. I use Thunderbird to handle my mail on my desktop and I've got a bunch of mail accounts which it uh, connects to and pulls stuff down. There's loads of filters in Thunderbird to move incoming mail into folders or chuck it into the spam bucket or whatever. In particular I've got an add-on, a Thunderbird add-on called Mailbox Alert which can do things to alert me to important mail that needs particular attention. So this thing can do various actions when mail arrives in a folder. So this is not just mail arriving in the inbox, this is mail being filtered from the inbox into a folder. And um, so I've got sounds, which I've grabbed off the freesound.org site and edited down something more manageable, and so on. I've got uh, pop-up displays and that type of thing. Mailbox Alert tool can also run a script. So I've written one, just a simple bash script, which uses Mosquito Pub to make LED6 on the Pi Zero system turn green. At the moment, this is just running when I get messages from my son. They get dropped into into the appropriate folder and uh, the light comes on. So... So how do I turn the light off again? Obviously I can turn it off manually, remotely as well, by using the mosquito pub command. But I want to be able to do it automatically. At the moment I'm working on a script which goes and checks a mailbox. Because a mail folder, a mail folder I suppose you'd say, a mail folder which is, that's a mail concept. It's actually a file and it's a file containing mail in a, a standard format called mbox format so i've got tools which which i which i can parse this with a perl script so i'm experimenting with this it parses the mailbox file and it scans it to see if there are any unseen messages in and since when i go and check to see what the message was about it turns from unseen to uh, to red then this can detect it and if it says that if it finds there's no unread messages in the the mailbox it will turn the light off and that can be run from cron it's not at the moment i haven't finished it it's also fairly heavy because if there's a lot of messages in the folder it's gonna have to parse them all to find out which one is which ones are read or unread so if you've got thousands of messages that's not really a very good solution there isn't anything else that I know of. Obviously there's an event in Thunderbird which will be triggered when a message goes from unread to read, but that doesn't seem to be hookable in any any sense. If I were running some other mail system, maybe something like MUT, then maybe there are better ways of writing hooks for these events. I've certainly used mail systems in the past where I I have um, written hooks into the, the mail client to enable me to do these sorts of things. But that was going back to uh, to days long ago, I think. I've got a plan for an IRC notifier, but I haven't started on that yet. I use WeChat to to contact IRC. It's my IRC client. And it has got 
some quite powerful plug-in capabilities so state changes in there can be can cause events to happen the wechat's running on another pi and i'm looking at the possibility of writing a plugin which with which i can use a mosquito pub type call and with that switch on a light on the notification system to say somebody has just spoken to you in irc of course it would be nice if i if if i had the the ability to blink the light i could you know if there were a whole dash of these things coming in and i could flash according to the number that were there whatever that's um project for the future so that's nearly all i have to say about this particular project except that because i got into mosquito a bit i've also installed it on my desktop which obviously i had to do in order to be able to talk to the pi zero and i it occurred to me i could write another listener on there and um use it to interface to the blink stick which is plugged into the uh, the desktop it's plugged into a usb hub connected to the desktop machine so I found uh, some work that had been done on the Blinkstick website, which I've pointed to. It's a moderately old thing. It's, it's dated 2013. This, this protocol has been around for a while. I'm using this as a development platform for my Python ideas and also to get better into Python scripting. The original script needed some changes because the way the Python library works and what it's called and stuff have changed in the interim. So what I'm doing here, it's just a silly thing really, every 30 minutes on the Pi Zero, a cron job runs which calls Mosquito Pub and sends a message to the desktop. Assuming the desktop's on, desktop's not on all day, well not all night anyway, not on 24 hours, I turn it off um, and on in the morning. So all it does is every 30 minutes it flashes the blink stick and it um, that's just because I want to be sure that the Pi Zero is up and running and doing everything it should. What I should really do is to have maybe some means of seeing the uh, the on light on the, on the thing. You can't see it because it's inside this frame. But um, I need some sort of indicator to say I'm alive and well. And this was a solution that I came up with. It's really just a temporary hack that... Uh, that I can use. The reason I wanted to do this because I found in the early days the zero would occasionally vanish from the Wi-Fi network and I'm not sure if that's an issue with my router or what it is. At the moment I'm getting a, a light flashing every 30 minutes and that's that's working fine. I'm happy with that. And it's also given me a chance to play with the, the listener on the, the workstation and I can try developing blinky things on that and so on and so forth. So just to wind up, I don't have a lot of interest in the internet of things when it means paying a lot of money for special light bulbs and temperature sensors and all that sort of stuff. And it requires internet access and a remote server, etc, etc. But I'm quite excited about doing this at the level I'm, I've just been describing. Things where I have full control over it all. I found that this MQTT protocol in the shape of the Mosquito server is really nice to set up and simple and has great potential for building intercommunicating system. Since the Zero is running 24-7, I have to admit that on the odd occasions I've got up in the middle of the night, for whatever reason, I've come downstairs to find a, a glowing yellow light... <laughs> <laughs> It'd be even worse. It was flashing. Probably, I see the new. There's a new HBR comment has arrived in while I was asleep. Uh, it's slightly eerie.
but it's also quite cool. Uh, I should say I don't action them at that point. I haven't put all these various odds and ends of code up on the Git repository like I normally do. What I'll do is once I've got something I, I'm uh, happy with, I will share them. But to share, you know, stuff that's in, in very much in a state of flux doesn't seem to be entirely a good thing. Final point was that when I started doing this stuff and was messing, started messing with the Mosquito and MQTT, I noticed that Jezra had started something. He mentioned it on GNU Social and I was asking him about what he was doing. And I've indicated his... I've linked to his project where he built a rather nice-looking light which is um, controllable through the MQTT protocol from his phone, I think he, he ended up doing. But check it out for yourself. He's a much more experienced Python programmer than I am, so if you're interested in doing any of this stuff yourself, you'd, be, you'd do well to kind of look and see what Jezra has done. I'm sure you could learn from, uh, from his, his stuff. As can I, of course. So thank you, Jezra, for making it uh, available. So that's it. I hope you found that useful and not too uh, long. Okay, bye now. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license.